You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the first Sunday after Pentecost, Sunday, June 16, 2019, by the Reverend Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to the disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you that things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord If I'm not old enough or wise enough to be your father, just call me Steve. That's what I often tell newcomers who meet me at St. Thomas for the first time. They're wondering what to call me. You know, there's a long tradition in Christianity for turning to the clergy for spiritual guidance, wisdom and strength, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. But in the end, what makes me or you or anyone else, for that matter, truly wise? Because this is Father's Day, many of us have been thinking of our own fathers in this regard. And I continue to give thanks to God for my own father, who in the face of many adversities, imparted wisdom by the way he chose to live his life. One of my father's favorite wisdom sayings, revealed more by his example than his actual words, is this. You can still learn to love God, even though he hasn't answered all of your questions or your prayers. This was spoken by a wise engineer and a man of faith. We are all children of the scientific and information age. We do want, need, and even expect answers, often very quickly. And because science has provided us with so many answers, from how to send a message at lightning speed across the world via the internet, or successfully transplant a liver, or a kidney, or a heart, we are tempted to think that all truly important and valuable knowledge is contained within science. But at the end of the day, scientific knowledge can only take us so far and comes up short. It doesn't answer all the questions about our human existence, and because it doesn't necessarily help us to know how to live a fulfilling and meaningful life, it also provides us with an opportunity for growth. Ironically, we live in an age where there are so many facts and pieces of information at our very fingertips yet so little interest or time seems to be set apart to look and listen for the deeper wisdom that comes from God. And to make matters worse, we are often evangelized by a culture that, uh, well, let's say wants us to settle on a different kind of wisdom, and it often leads to unfulfilled lives. In the words of author Vance Hafner, 
If you lack knowledge, go back to school. If you lack wisdom, get on your knees and pray. This holy wisdom resides more in our hearts than our heads. It's nurtured by self-reflection, contemplation, prayer, humility, and participation in a mysterious dance of love known as the Trinity. I think many of you would agree with me that our world is now at a critical juncture in our history. But we are not to live without hope. Hope never disappoints us. According to the writer of Proverbs, God's holy and trustworthy wisdom is calling us out to take compassionate action, not just for ourselves, but the welfare for the entire created order. If you take a look at a close look at today's reading from Proverbs, you'll notice the address is, the cry is to all who live. And no one is excluded from the conversation. And by conversation, I mean not limiting ourselves to polite table talk with friends, but conversing in a deep way with those who are not well known to us and have the capacity to reveal a different dimension of holy wisdom. The divinely inspired writer of Proverbs reveals to us that the call of holy wisdom is to be found in all places, public places, houses of worship, who know God by different names, in the heights and the hills, in the gates of our town, our parks, our schools, our businesses, marketplaces, and yes, even those busy intersections. The author of Proverbs leaves it to our imagination all the places where holy wisdom can be found. For she is the co-architect of all of creation. When the Lord God marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker, And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in this inhabited world, and delighting in the human race. Now, how many of you find it a little interesting, maybe a little surprising, that holy wisdom revealed in the book of Proverbs is personified as a woman? There's a pregnant pause. (laughs) Some scholars believe holy wisdom is the third person of the Trinity, Since ancient times, there's been a lesser-known tradition within Christianity that has left room in our imagination for a feminine dimension to our Trinitarian God. But regardless of how you interpret this balance between masculine and feminine wisdom in the Godhead or in the world, the most important dimension is for us to understand that God, in his God's very essence, is relational. Insightful theologians like Richard Rohr have been in recent years encouraging us to recover the ancient notion that first and foremost, the blessed Trinity is a dance, a dance of love, and that holy wisdom, Hagia Sophia, calls us deeper into this dance, bit by bit, while we are never being called out as someone not belonging to the circle of wisdom. I'm reminded of a blessing created by St. Augustine in the fourth century. Blessed Trinity, the lover, the beloved, and the love that exists between them. May we so share in your divine dance that our lives may be forever entwined with yours, both now and forever. Now, if any of you have been able to go to a traditional Greek wedding, you may have been able to see their distinctive way of dancing. There are not just two dancers, but at least three, and often many more. They weave in and out, male and female, Circling each other, eventually they are dancing so quickly and harmoniously 
that their individual identities begin to merge into a larger whole. These beautiful movements and flow of energy reminds us of the Trinity. C.S. Lewis once described the Trinity as ever-increasing circles of love, of mutual giving and receiving, continuously ascending and then descending to heaven. It's a beautiful image. There's an experiential knowledge of holy wisdom that can only be found in the direct participation in this dance. Just like you would never dream of learning to do the tango by only watching from the sidelines, we need to jump in and experience it for ourselves. Now, I know not all of us have the same confidence in our dancing ability, but trust me, if you get in the right dance with God, God will take you there. Perhaps it's more accurate to say that God is not just in the dance with us, but is the very dance itself. Ironically, scientists themselves are uncovering this reality as well. As they study the created order through the microscopes and telescopes, they're telling us that energy is existing in the space between the particles of the atom, in the space between the planets and the stars. And so one last thought about holy wisdom. Because it's found in all of creation, when wisdom calls and beckons us, It's not limited to the boundaries of age. In a wonderful book on the power of symbol and myth and spirituality entitled To Dance with God, Gertrude Mueller Nelson describes this encounter with the divine as mediated through her young daughter. Some years ago, I spent an afternoon caught up in a piece of sewing that I was doing. The wastebasket near me was overflowing and my sewing machine was filled with the scraps of fabric cut away from the project. This basket of discards was a fascination to our daughter, Annika, who at the time was not yet four years old. She rooted through the scraps, searching out the long, bright strips and collecting them for herself and then went off. When I took a moment to check on her, I tracked her whereabouts to the back garden where I found her sitting in the grass with a long pole. She was affixing the scraps to the top of the pole with great sticky wads of tape. I'm making a banner for a procession, she said. I need a procession so that God will come down and dance with us. With that, she solemnly lifted her banner to flutter in the wind, and slowly she began to dance. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.